Thought Bubble Audio. Hi, and welcome to Tolkien TV Talk, the podcast where three hyped hobbits keep you informed on everything you need to know about the upcoming Lord of the Rings Amazon series. I'm Tim, and with me today is neither of my other hyped hobbits. Uh, today is a special guest star, Mary. How are you today, Mary? I am doing wonderful. Thank you, Timothy. Oh, thank you for thank you for being here. Mary is here to talk about a very special book. We're going to do a bit of a mini-series within the show, breaking down um, one of Tolkien's books as we... Uh, as we gear up for the show itself, Mary, can you tell me what that book is? We are going to be talking about the Silmarillion. That is that is excellent. So you've been rereading it uh, in preparation for talking about it, have you not? I have. I've only read it once before. And the first time I read it, I was taking a field botany class in college. And I read it as like my leisure time uh, on the public transportation uh, as I was going to and from class. So that class, I had to learn like 300 plants and like a bunch of family names and all this Latin stuff. So I was learning a whole new language at school. And then I picked up the Silmarillion as a bit of light reading, which was a bad idea because <laughs> it's not light. And there's a lot of stuff uh, that's in it. So I was learning a whole nother language in the Silmarillion as well. So it was probably not the best time to read it. Um, so I'm taking it much slower this time. I'm actually taking notes on it. Uh, it feels like I'm reading a textbook. But... Um, it's it's actually really good the second time around. I'm much happier that now that I'm reading it um, the second time and, and taking my time with it. Okay, so that means since it's like a textbook and you're reading it for the second time, and I'm sure many people who are listening to this have maybe not even read it the first time. It's a little daunting. Mm. It's a daunting book. I have it right. I have it right in front of me. It's even a hard to pronounce title. You're not really like you're you you kind of know how to say it, but like you know we're like Silmarillion, Silmarillion, Sim Sims. <laughs> I like playing the Sims, yes. um, uh, and so and so uh, to give people a bit of a to give people a bit of preview. If you've never if you've never read it, I'm gonna read just. I'm just going to read the the opening. I'm going to read the opening paragraph for people, just so they can get a sense of a sense of it. So there, uh, the chapter title is uh, Aindulindale. Am I am I correct in saying? Am I correct in saying that? I think it's I. I knew Lindale. I knew Lindale. See, that's see. We're already off to a good start. <laughs> um, the music of the what? The Ainur. The Ainur. Okay, so here we go. There was Eru, the one, who in Arda is called Iluvatar. Iluvatar, and he made first the Ainur, the Holy Ones, and they were the offspring of his thought. And they were with him before aught else was made, and he spoke to them, propounding them themes of music, and they sang before him, and he was glad. But for a long while they sang only each alone, or but few together, while the rest hearkened, for each comprehended only that part of the mind of Ivultar from which he came. And in the understanding of thy brethren grew but slowly, yet even as they listened, they came to deeper understanding and increased in unison and harmony. That's just the opening paragraph. And this goes on for uh, the Silmarillion itself is, in my copy, 255 pages. 255 pages. 
into like three different parts. Mm -hmm. So we have the Silmarillion proper, which is what I'm talking about when I say three, 255 pages. Then there's the Akalabeth, which is this other little chunk. Maybe like 60 pages, maybe? Not even. Uh, it's really short. And then we have the Third Age and the Rings of Power. So that's literally the Lord of the Rings that's condensed into like maybe 40 pages. Right. And that it's like watching the movies, but 40 pages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Something>. Basically. <laughs> so so what we're going to do today, this little project that, that Mary has undertaken, so the rest of us don't have to, um, <laughs> we are going to, you are going to break down the book to us across different episodes. Um, and so we are only going to go as far as the introduction of men today. Mm -hmm. Is that correct? Yes, which doesn't even cover the first age if you're looking at like, timelines of middle earth the mm -hmm. first age is like a gazillion years not really a gazillion years but it's really long so i said okay well let me read this and like see if we can cut it down to the first age for this episode and it's like we'll never be able to do it <laughs> so we we just gotta stick with the elves for now that's perfect okay so um i'm going to sit back and listen to you talk about the first age up until the time of men. When I have questions, I will ask them. Okay. Okay. So tell me about everything starting from that paragraph that I butchered all the way until the age of men. Okay. So I have notes with me. If you hear me crinkling papers, it's my, it's my notes in my old school wide ruled notebook. Um, Wide ruled. Wide ruled. Yeah. What are you a kid? Call it college ruled. I ran out of college ruled. You went to college. Pff, wide ruled. I ran out. They were like a cent at Staples <laughs> back in middle school. I still have them. I'm still using them. I've gone through grad school for crying out loud uh, with these notebooks. This is actually my psychology of teaching and learning uh, notebook. Uh, anyway, so we start with the Silmarillion, and it starts with Eru the One or Eluvatar. Side note before we even get going, everybody in the Silmarillion has at least three names. Okay, so what's Eru's third name? I don't know. Well, he doesn't have a third name. Okay, so at least two names. <laughs> <laughs> at least two names, maybe three, because everybody gets like a nickname from somebody. And they're like, that's true. This whole that, thing. Yeah. That for the people who, are to, uh, people who are up on Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit, at least, that's that's also... that's all, I mean, even if you just look at Bilbo and The Hobbit, you know, he... Um, when he's when he's talking to Smaug, he's barrel rider, he's underhill, yeah, he's yeah. he's all these different things. So that's 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 very typical of Tolkien to yes. be like, here, have have many names because why not? Yeah. Why not? I have a cat named Tolkien sitting on a woven thread of the Shire right now <laughs> as we're talking about more Tolkien stuff. This couldn't get any more meta if we tried. He looks very content. It's because I'm scratching his belly. He's very happy. Um, yeah. So, but the Lord of the Rings and the Hobbit has has fewer characters. So the the mm -hmm. appendix to the Silmarillion is like a ginormous dictionary. So I always constantly have to keep going back to check. Well, wait, who is this guy again? I don't even know. Um, that's true. Actually, the appendix in my copy is 50 pages. Yeah. That's just the that's just the list of names and who they are and where they come from and what they're about. Exactly. Exactly. So. Bear with me if I say a couple of different names for the same person. I'll try to say, I'll try to stick with one um, just to make it a little easier. Uh, but bear with me. If I start switching names, call me out on it. Okay. Um, okay. So we have Iluvatar. I like that name. I think it's pretty cool. So Iluvatar is God. There is one God in this whole um, 
universe, I guess. And what he does is he creates the Ainur. And the Ainur are the lesser gods. So I, I think of them either as lesser gods or like angels or something like that, archangels, whatever you want to call them. So it's like if you had the Judeo-Christian god create the Greek gods or something like that. Maybe, yeah. Something like that or, or like the archangels. Because we're going to see... I'm sticking with the archangel theory in my head uh, just because Tolkien... Was, was Catholic, Catholic. Um, but also because of a character that we're going to talk about in a few minutes. And you'll see like allegories abound um, once we start talking about this guy. So Iluvatar or God creates the Ainur, our archangels. And in the Lord of the Rings, we hear all the time, oh, the light of the Valar, the Valar, the Valar. So the Valar are a subset of the Ainur. So when he creates the Ainur, he's creating the Valar at the same time. So mm -hmm. these are these beings that have existed from like the dawn of time um, when the elves are referencing them in the Lord of the Rings. So what the Ainur do is they sing because they're musical apparently, and they make this beautiful music and they have this vision of creation. So creation in, um, in the Lord of the Rings, they, they're calling it Ea is the, mm -hmm. is the name of creation. So the Ainur are sitting here. So is, cre is creation a person or is it just an event? An event. We'll, it's we'll it's not like Mother event. Earth. It's just an event. An event. Okay. Correct. So we have the Ainur. They're singing. They're like, oh, look, Ea. It looks so beautiful. Um, but Ea is still in the mind of Iluvatar. So it actually hasn't happened yet. This is pre-creation. They're just... It's pre-Big Bang. Hanging out. Yeah, okay. exactly. So we have all these Ainur, and there's one Ainur called Melkor. And Melkor is like the problem child of mm -hmm. the Silmarillion. He sings in discord. He doesn't want to harmonize. He doesn't want it to sound I nice. got one of those in my choir. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, meh, like singing his own thing by himself. Uh, and he has his own agenda. Uh, because when they're singing, they're, they're envisioning creation. And that, that song kind of influences what's going to happen later on. So he's got his own agenda for what's going to go on um, in the future. And what happens is they're all trying to sing like, all right, well, we're trying to fix the song. And he just keeps ruining it. And they're trying to fix it. He keeps ruining it. Um, so the, here's Melkor from the start being a butt. Um, so some of the Ainur stay with the Luvatar. And then some are sent to Ea or creation once he creates something. Um, mm -hmm. And when they get there, they find nothing. There, there's nothing there. They have to create it. So they didn't know this at the beginning. They're like, oh, we saw this beautiful thing. And now we have to do all the work. So uh, they go to Arda, the earth. This is what we're calling. So you know how I mean? Like, so we have Ea, the creation. Arda, the earth. There's like a gazillion different names for the same thing. Um, so Arda is all, Middle Earth is only a part of Arda, correct? correct. Okay. Correct. So Arda is the physical place, Arda. Um, okay. So the Valar are the Ainur that go to Arda. They go to the physical earth. So they are physical beings. When we hear about Into the West in Lord of the Rings, this is where they're going. They're going Into to the Valar. The That's very nice. Annie Lennox. Uh, <laughs> so. Hope fades. Okay, you can keep talking. I'm just, just going to sing, sing over, over you. Me. Okay. Into the world of so the. I, I can't. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Valar go to physical earth. They're there. Um. They create a bunch of stuff, um, and within the Valar, there are seven lords and seven queens. So there's 14 mm -hmm. Valar. In total. In total. Uh, and they all kind of have their own job. And these are the, the your archangel type 
Correct. Is what you're saying. Okay. Correct. They all have their own job. And when the when the elves are like wistfully talking about Valinor and the Valar, they're talking about these beings that they, you know, people in their past have met and, and know. Um, so we're not going to go through all 14 of them because I'd probably put you all to sleep by doing that. But there are some that mm-hmm. are really important that you're going to know about. Um, so uh, Manway is the top is the Valar. right way. No, is the continue. Right way. <laughs> Manway. <laughs> Manway is the top lord. Uh, he's like in charge of air and wind. It gets kind of elemental okay. at some points. Um, so we've got Manway. Then we have the top queen, who is Varda. So Varda is in charge of the stars. Mm-hmm. So this is why the the elves are so obsessed with the stars. Um, okay, because she's kind of in charge of that. Uh, Ulmo is in charge of water. He plays a huge part later on that we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going through here. Uh, Orame is another interesting guy. He's a he's one of the lords. He's a hunter. Um, and then the last one I'll, I'll mention on the lord's side is Mandos, who keeps the houses of the dead. So, like, when people die, they go to the halls of Mandos, and it's like a physical place that they're returning sure, to. Sure, like Hades. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. They go to the, yeah, they go to the underworld. That, it all, it, it's... It I, I actually I'm 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 on my I'm I'm a fan of my own Greek god like hypothesis hypothesis yeah. kind of well like, I mean that's what he was Tolkien was doing right he was creating a mythology for yeah. England so you know might as well steal from one of the most famous mythologies out there but every every culture's mythology has like the hunter mm-hmm. and the star person yeah. and the ruler of the underworld yeah. and all those things so yeah. you know it's either Hela or Hades or Nep- no, that's not right. Who Neptune. rules the underworld uh, in the Roman pantheon? Oh. Mm. I don't know. It's not... Ne- no, it is Neptune, isn't it? Or is no. it Pluto? It's Pluto. Pluto. It's Pluto. I'm good now. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. that's why it's so far out there in the solar system. Yeah, Neptune's king of the sea. That's right. Um. So the last Valar I want to talk about is Yavanna, who is a queen... Um, she's personally my favorite. She's actually pretty important, but she's personally my favorite because she actually is in charge of creating the Ents in Middle Earth. Oh, so, all yeah, right. Yeah, they, there's a reason why she creates them, um, which I think I have in my notes somewhere. But we're going chronologically, so I will not get ahead of myself. Uh, so this all happens. They create the world. They create all these beautiful things. So. Th- these um, Valar, as they're singing, they're creating the water and the trees and mm-hmm. the, the earth and all that stuff. Um, so they also have, uh, so to make it even more complex, we've got Iluvatar, God, the Val- the Ainur, which includes the Valar. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're the lesser gods. And then we have these spirits that serve under the Valar. So they each, like each of the Valar has like a little entourage that helps them. Um, and there's a gazillion of them and they're named the Maiar. Okay. So there are some key Maiar that we got to know about. Um, okay. I'll talk about two. I should have been taking notes myself. <laughs> Start typing, Timothy. Um, so the two that are best known of the Maiar, uh, number one is Melian. Melian is... Um, I had I had myself checked for that last year. I'm okay. Mel- uh, okay, that's yeah. good. I'm glad, yeah. glad to hear that. <laughs> that's, that's great. Good. I can sleep now. Good. <laughs> um, so Melian... Uh, came to Middle-earth from Valinor. So Valinor is, if we look at this big map of Arda, Valinor is in the west, the big country to the west. It connects to 
the east, which is where Middle Earth is. Middle Earth is this only little tiny mm-hmm. chunk of the east. That's right. Um, so there's like a little like bridgeway that that connects the two way in the north. Mm-hmm. Um, it's called Helcaraxe, which is the sea of grinding ice or something like that. It's it's like this scary icy passageway. Nobody really uses it. Um, so Melian comes all the way from Valinor and she goes into Middle Earth and she hangs out there. Um, and if folks are familiar with Baron and Luthien, the tale of Baron and Luthien, it's a really mm-hmm. famous uh, little chunk of the Silmarillion. Uh, Melian is Luthien's mother. Okay. So she has a big part to play. Uh, okay. So she marries an elf, uh, Thingol, and they have they have Luthien. Okay. So she's going to come into play way later. And then the second best known Maiar is Aloran, a.k.a. Gandalf. So Gandalf is actually a Maiar, which a lot of people don't realize that. I feel like I talk to people and they're like, wait, what? Like, but Gandalf isn't just a wizard. They're, the wizards were actually Maiar or Maya. I think that's Maya right. is Maya. plural. Mm-hmm. Um, that I knew. Yeah, that's, that's like my favorite factoid from the Silmarillion, that Gandalf's been around for like thousands and thousands of years. And he existed as like a little spirit kind of thing hanging out with uh all the valar and valinor and then um when sauron comes to be uh, they actually send uh, a group of maiar as wizards they sail across the ocean and they show up in middle earth um in like a humanoid form um so they can relate better to people I that's guess. right the white the gray the brown the brown and the two blueses i can't remember their names i can't remember i, you know, I quite forgotten their names so, and before we jump forward to the elves, we have enemies to think about. So Melkor's still being a problem child. He's really annoying. Now, I know I know you prefer the name Melkor. Yes. I prefer the name Morgoth. Morgoth. I think it's cooler sounding. Yeah. When, do they, when does Tolkien switch from calling him Melkor to calling him Morgoth? I think it's when he really makes an egregious mistake or like... Commits it's like, an egregious crime against the Valar. It's the difference between calling Lucifer Lucifer and Satan Satan. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. It's like when he becomes Satan. So that's why I said I kind of go with the Judeo Christian view of mm-hmm. the Silmarillion because Melkor is literally Lucifer. Like he gets kicked out. <laughs> they boot him out. They don't want him mm-hmm. anymore um, because he's caused so much problem, so many problems. Um, so, so Melkor becomes Morgoth when he becomes like truly evil. That they just give him a new name. Um, he has his little toady, Sauron, mm-hmm. um, or Gorthar, which I think is a mouthful. That's that's too much. Gorthar. I don't know. It sounds really weird. So I'm just going to stick that with sounds Sauron. sounds a little bit like, coming, master. You know, it's <laughs> Gorthar, like... come with me. Yeah. Okay. Um, so Sauron used to work for Aule, who is, um, who is a Valar. He's the... The, like the the god of the earth, uh, so Aule is really close with uh, with the dwarves. Um, mm-hmm. So Sauron used to be his little henchman, um, or we'll say minion or whatever. And then mm-hmm. he switches allegiances uh, to Melkor. So what was he doing? What was he doing as the other henchman? He was just like assisting. Okay, so Aule wasn't yeah. So it was an evil henchman. He was no, just a no. Melkor, oh. I think, kind of like poisons him a little bit. Gotcha. Then we have. The Balrogs. So the Balrogs are created by Morgoth. So whenever you hear a Balrog of Morgoth, that's mm-hmm. like literally they were created by Morgoth, um, which is kind of cool. Reading the creation of the Balrogs, it's really cool. If you can even just find it in the book, it's just like, ooh, they're scary. 
Um, do you happen to have? Uh, have you been taking um, page numbers on I your? Have um... not. I have what? not. Sorry. What? Sorry. But how am I supposed to find it in this? Uh, in all this, th- there were three kindreds, and then no, 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 I that's not it. And uh, we'll see. I'm, don't uh, jump ahead. In the time of the hosts, no, no, that's not it. And then, um, and then Bilbo dies of old age. Oh, nope, I've gone too far. <laughs> yeah. Nope. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, should we review Timothy? What we've learned so far before we jump into anything else? Because if you, oh, th- I think, if I you found guys it. think this is confusing, just wait until we get to the elves. <laughs> Okay, so so Iru Iviltar is the one, yeah, and and it, and then that being creates the Valar, mm-hmm. right? And this is all before the Big Bang, yeah, which is Arda. Mm-hmm. Before the Big Bang, Arda. No, Aya is the name the of the is the Bang <laughs> Arda, which creates Arda, mm-hmm. which is all like the entire the entire earth yes. not just middle earth um and then the once once iru creates that the valar are then sent down and there are 14 of them seven guys seven girls yes yep and they all have their little specific things like the underworld and the stars and lightning bolts or whatever mm-hmm. um and then um, one of them, Melkor, is a problem child. Yep. And so, and he's been huffing and puffing this whole time, and he has created discord. Um, so instead of it being a harmonious, com- a completely harmonious world, there is a bit of um, tension because of the things that Melkor has done. Because he's not singing the song the way that everybody else, everybody else is. Um, and that's is that. Is that about it so far? That's yeah. That's about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about in the Maiar. In the, the Maiar. Okay, go go back over that again. So the Maiar are just the lesser spirits who help out the Valar in their various. Gotcha, and that's duties. what Sauron is. Yep, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Sauron's a Maiar. Okay. Cool. So Sauron and Gandalf are on equal playing fields. That's crazy that they're on equal playing fields, and yet like Gandalf keeps getting captured. And the, yeah, yeah. That's why, I, that's why it's like my favorite factoid because it's like, what? The, like, what are you doing? They're literally Gandalf? equals. What are you so, doing? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, like you could be. Well, I feel like it's almost like being like you can be in the same fourth grade class, but you know that kid's way better at basketball than you are. But yeah. you're better at reading. Yeah. And that's okay. Yeah. Because eventually you get to do a podcast about reading. Continue. <laughs> so, <laughs> Tim's not bitter. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't a great reader. Okay. I have <laughs> dyslexia. Continue. <laughs> Take that, fourth grade teachers. Um, I liked my fourth grade teacher. Okay. I liked my fourth grade teacher, too. It was a good year. Oh, fourth grade is a good year. Um, actually, fourth grade is when I picked up The Lord of the Rings at the Scholastic Book Fair. What? Yeah. They were selling it really uh, young. They were. Uh, well, it was a K-8 school. Oh, okay. Which but, I think even eighth grade, like I, I read them from fourth grade to seventh grade. Mm-hmm. Um, it took me a while to, to get through them because I stopped reading them. So I was like, this is boring. And then I saw the movies. I said, I got to read these books. So I, mm. I finished them in seventh grade. And I used to look at like the 12th grade reading list because I went to a seven to 12 yep. school. And the 12th grade reading list had the Lord of the Rings on it. I was like, Psh, been there, done that. Um, 
So <laughs> it's like a loser. I mean, loser 12th graders. I read that in the fourth grade. So I <laughs> twist on that. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, yeah. So I, this has been like, I've been working on this to have like a, be actually fluent in speaking about the Lord of the Rings since the fourth grade. It's a long time. It's a very long time. It says I've been playing the piano since the fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Which one of us is better for it? I, I think you play the piano better than I talk about the Lord of the Rings. Although, yeah, but I'm older than you. So. This is true. So by the time that you're my age, you'll be just as fluent in Tolkien as I am in the, playing the piano. Yes. Maybe. Yeah. I don't that's... think I'll be speaking Sindarin, but I mean... That's okay. I can't play Bach. So what? A, what a, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Please. All continue. right. Anyways. All right. So we're going on. Um, all right. So a little bit of the history. Uh, now that we've got like the stage set and we know some people. Uh, so the Valar are living in Valinor, uh, which they have created. And Yavanna, remember our tree lady, my favorite. Um, she creates the two trees of Valinor. So they are silver and gold. Their names are Telperion and Laurelin, mm-hmm. which I think are really cool names. I also love trees. Can't name your kids that. No, no, I don't think so. Telperion! Sink down! Telp. Telp. <laughs> Telp. This, Behave. This is my son, Telp. Telp, Telp eat your peas. Yeah. Um, so Telperion and Laurelin are the two trees. They're beautiful, um, like everything else in Valinor. So finally, it's time to awake the elves. They wake up the elves. The elves have been sleeping in Middle-earth all this time. Um, so, the, so the elves have been sleeping fully formed, and yeah. Iru has made them, and they've just been sleeping. Basically. Okay. Yeah. So he he's like already known that they're coming. He's already envisioned men and dwarves. One and, if by land, two if by sea. Yeah. The elves are coming. The elves are coming. The elves are coming. So they're awake. They're in Middle-earth. Um at this point, only stars exist Okay. at the time of their waking. So that's why they're obsessed with the stars. They're like, oh my gosh, the stars, they're so beautiful. Yeah, well, they, there's probably not a lot of light pollution either, so they could probably see them a lot better than we can. This is true. So the stars were actually like really bright and actually lit up. Like They could see like what they were doing, mm-hmm. but it's it, the stars are the only thing that exists. There is no sun, there is no moon, just the stars. Mm. Uh, created by Varda, also known as Elbereth. Um, which you hear that name in the Lord of the Rings uh, when Sam has the light of the star in the little yep. file and he's yelling at Shelob. He's speaking in Elvish and, and uh, Frodo as well. They're they're calling upon Elbereth, mm, um, okay, to to help them. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Yeah. That's good connection right there. Really fun connections. I love when I can connect it because it just seems so vast and like. Yep. It doesn't. To, it it to... almost doesn't feel relevant if you don't connect it yeah. back. You know, if because if you, if because otherwise they're just saying names in Lord of the Rings, mm-hmm. so it, it holds no significance. But just hearing their names here doesn't really hold any weight either. So you need the two of them. The two of the, yeah. Otherwise, it so it feels whole. Yeah. So you're yeah. literally just reading a list of names if you're just reading the Silmarillion. You're like, why am I reading this? It's right. So long. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is there is like connections, and you say, ha ha, light bulb. Um. Like the one Sam held. Booyah. <laughs> Swish. A star light bulb. Um, okay. So there's only stars. The elves are awake. And the Valar are constantly battling Melkor because he just will not stop being a jerk. Melkor. Yeah. So he uh, creates his own little fortress uh, in the north, in the northernmost part of Middle-earth. Uh, it's called Utumno, which I think is like a really cool name. 
Utumno. Utumno. Um, Are there tombs there? No, it's. I don't think so. It's spelled U U T U M N O. No B. No B. Need that B. Yep. Sorry. Um. So he's like in his little fortress at Utumno. The Valar lay siege. They break in and they imprison Melkor because they've just had it. They're like, that's enough. We're done with you. Um. So the elves witness all of this because they're living in Middle-earth and they see the Valar as these like terrifying, intimidating powers that are taking down Melkor. So they're terrified of, mm-hmm. of the Valar. They don't know that they're actually very good and that the Valar wish for the good of the elves. Mm. Um, so the Valar decide, hey, you know what? It's just, it's just much safer for the elves to be in Valinor. Let's call them back and just have them come home with us. Um, and the elves are like, oh, no terrified we don't want to we don't want to listen um they're afraid of the valar so uh orame i mentioned orame before he's the the hunter um mm. he becomes friendly with the elves and he's kind of like it's okay guys we're actually really nice uh don't be afraid of mm. us so he convinces them that the valar are actually you know we actually care about you we wish for your good mm-hmm. and he picks three elves to go as ambassadors to Valinor. Okay. He picks three of them. So why don't you guys come with me? I'll show you what it really looks like there. And you can come back and convince all your friends to come to Valinor. It's it's worth going. Yeah. Take a vacation to Valinor. It's really nice. Okay. And I think I know who these are. Yes. Yeah. Let's quiz you. Do you know who they are? It's Elrond. No. It's Celeborn. Eh. It's Galadriel. Eh. I'm out. (laughs) You're you're out. So they're coming. They're on the way. Okay. Uh, But we have Ingwe. Mm-hmm. Finway and Elway. I think I knew Elway. Okay. Yeah. They're the parents of one of them, right? Yes. Yeah, we're, okay. We'll That's, get into that. Yeah, okay. We'll get into that because it gets, uh, we got to go in a linear direction mm-hmm. or else we're going to be so confused. So Ingway, Finway, and Elway, very similar names. Um, they all say, sure, we'll go to Valinor. They go. It's because they're going to show the way. <laughs> anyway, continue. Anyway, <laughs> I'll keep going. Uh, so we've got Ingwe, Finway, Elway. They go to Valinor. It's awesome. They come back and say, everybody, you should come with us. Um, so here we come to the Sundering of the Elves. So all of Ingwe's kindred, all of his family, mm-hmm. and most of fin- Finway and Elway's people go without hesitation to Valinor. Valinor. They say, sure, we'll go. This is great. These are the Eldar. The light of the Eldar. Mm -hmm. We hear the Eldar's name called all the time. Yep. That's those people who had perfect faith in the Valar and said, sure, we'll come. Mm -hmm. Um, Then some say, no, we're not going at all. We're never going to leave. These are the Avari. They stay in Middle-earth until the end of time. Okay. Until the end of time, when everybody... So eventually in when the Lord of the Rings... When all the elves leave. All of the elves leave, and they hightail it back to Valinor. So these elves, the Avari, are going to stay. Okay. So that's, that's that group. Now, to make it more complex, there are three hosts of Eldar. Three distinct groups that respond to the call in a different way. Okay. So the, Ven- the Vanyar... Or the fair elves are led by Ingwe. So those are the people that just go, no questions asked. All of his all of his family and kindred go. Mm-hmm. The Noldor, which we hear a ton about 
in the Silmarillion. The, the Silmarillion really is like focusing around the acts of the Noldor. Mm-hmm. Um, these are the deep elves. These are led by Finway. Um, and then the Teleri or the sea elves are led by Elway. Um, but the Teleri, they're, they're like the terriers. They're procrastinating. Um, they kind of linger along the way. They take their time. Elway meets Melian in the forests of Middle Earth. He falls in love with her and disappears and stays behind with Melian. Mm-hmm. Um, th- so he's called Elway Singolo or Grey Mantle. And then he eventually becomes Thingol, I believe. He is. So his name changes again. Mm. So we'll hear Elway and usually, basically the rest of the Silmarillion that I've been reading, he's never referred to as Elway ever again. He's always called Thingol. Maybe that's because at first she was like, no way. He's like, no, Elway. She's like, just change And she's name. like, just change the name. <laughs> change it now. It's too, it's too confusing. Okay, well, before we go on, um, we are we still have quite a bit of material to cover yeah. before the men show up, and we're at our just about at our time limit over here. So, I'm going to say we're going to stop, and this is going to be a two part episode to a part series. So, who knows? We're going to parts within parts. It's, I told you, it's almost Tolkien like, you yeah. know, <laughs> parts within parts. Um, so we'll stop here, and then we'll do another episode getting to getting to the race of getting to the race of men, and then we'll we'll go from there. All right. Okay. Okay. So you can find us on iTunes and um, all of the places that podcasts can be found, such as Satchel and Overcast and Google Play. You can find us at TolkienTVTalk.com and uh, TolkienTVTalk at gmail.com and on Twitter at TolkienTVTalk. Um, you can contact us all there. You can contact myself at TimothyPG13 on Twitter. Um, if you would like to check out all of our Thought Bubble Audio shows, you can head over to thoughtbubbleaudio.com and check out Academy Rewind and Beer with Geeks and Hate Watch with us and Supergirl TV Talk and Starkville's House of El Krypton. And then we have uh, another show uh, sneaking its way in. Did I say Beer with Geeks? I don't even remember. Oh, God. You can also check Beer with Geeks. Beer I don't even remember if I said it. Um but you can uh, thank you, um, and, and we have another show. We have another show down the pipeline, uh, so you can check us out in all of those places. Uh, we will be back uh, with another regular episode with Andrew and Bo, and then of course Mary will be back for another episode of The Similarian, and we'll see. We'll see what happens before men show up. No, unless everybody's like, stop with the history lessons. Nope, they won't. They can't. They don't have a choice. Okay. This is a I free enterprise. We can All do right. what we want. All right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the PayPal rebelled. That's right. That's okay. All right. Well, then uh, it's goodbye from Mary. Goodbye. Thank All you, right. Timothy. You're welcome. And it's goodbye from me. Until next time. Come on, you fools.